Welcome to Postcards from the Bush with Robin McConkie. It's a podcast about the nuts and bolts of life in rural Australia. The good, the bad and the beautiful. Meet Ricky Adams. She's one of those people who just gives so much to their community. Ricky is a parent engagement officer at Darling Heights State School in Toowoomba in southern Queensland. The school is the most ethnically diverse school in the state. There are 41 languages spoken and most of the kids don't speak English at home and many of their parents are illiterate in their own language, let alone speaking English. Ricky wants to establish a community hub at Darling Heights State School. It will be a place for the parents and for the kids to come and learn English, to learn to sew, to learn to garden, to mix with the community. At the moment, the school runs an enormous number of programs for the families as a whole, and Ricky just loves the job because she sees there is a real need. I think we were basically seeing a lot of children who were not learning terribly well because of what was going on at home. What was going on at home? So, well, there was a a lack of language. There was a lack of understanding. You know, people assume that when a refugee comes to Australia to live, that they're automatically going to live like an Australian. And of course, they're not. Many of these families have come from refugee camps where they've basically had no money. They've had no schooling. They've had, um, you know, no shopping centres. They They don't read and write in their home language, some of them, let alone read and write in English. So for them to do a normal day's activities like go and pay bills or register for something, they just didn't have the capacity to do that. So this is both the parents and the kids that are effectively not functioning at full capacity in Toowoomba. Exactly, exactly. And like we've got a group of fantastic teachers at the school and I can tell you a lot of those stories. But, you know, when when a child was leaving the school gate effectively a lot of their education was stopping so when they'd go home they'd still go home to a a home that they weren't speaking in English and you know we want our families to continue speaking in their home language vitally important for their culture our culture for every every aspect of the family but children need to be learning English if they're going to succeed well at school and if you're going home to a family that don't know how to speak English it's very difficult and then it's difficult to do homework. It's difficult to learn to read. So there's, it, it affects so many areas. And the Darling Heights State School, how multicultural is it? Put it into perspective for me. So we're the most multicultural primary school in Queensland. And if we're looking at high school and primary school, we're the second most multicultural school in Queensland. So how many languages would be spoken at this school? Uh, about just over 40 Um, Our main families are Middle Eastern and African. They're the two, um, you know, different cultures. Obviously, there's a lot of cultures within the African, Asia, China, obviously the American or the English or whatnot, but um, there's a lot of, um, as I said, African, Democratic Republic, Congo, lots of Muslim countries, Jordan, Iraq, Iraq, sorry, Iran, Turkey, all over the place. And hugely different socioeconomic groups that they're coming from. Yes, they are. So originally we got the migrants coming to the school off the back of the university. 
and of course with the refugees they were being placed here because our school was starting to do really really good things a lot of um, schools teach by osmosis where the child goes into the classroom and you know they're they're learning by just sitting in the classroom but we've actually um, developed a, a we call it the IEC which is the intensive English centre that is a centre that basically offers very small intensive English classes to our students so there might be you know, five, six, seven max in a class. I've got teachers who are um, very well trained in teaching children intensively like that. And um, our children were doing very, very well. Within six weeks, I could hold a conversation. But Ricky, you saw a deficit, a need for almost a refugee hub at this school to support the families, to act as a middleman between the families and the school. What was your vision? We create a, a space that families want to come to that they can rely upon because you've got to remember a lot of these people come here and they have no one they have no family they have no friends so what do they do where do they go well the school is an obvious point of contact because they have to bring their children to school so what a unique opportunity for us to capture that potential um, and do something about it. So we started to run an awful lot of programs and I started to work with a lot of different community organisations coming into the school and running a whole range of things, whether it be cooking classes or sewing classes or um, parenting classes. You know, there, there was there's really a very diverse range of classes that we do um, run. And what started happening really was that other organisations were hearing about it and they were wanting to get on board. So we, we probably worked with about 35 different community organisations. Are they all charities or whatever? Yeah, a lot of them are charities. We have a, a little lady that um, is 80-odd and she knits a baby blanket for every new baby to the school mm. that comes into the family. So it's incredible how much comes from the community in, in just people that you know come in and um, they they might do one thing as I said knit a baby blanket for every new baby a lot of donations to the school and because we had so much going on you know we'd have English classes twice a week we'd have um, parenting classes sometimes twice a week Um, it started to get very complicated and sewing on Friday so we started you want a building you want want a place we want a place it's not a refugee place we do not want we don't we don't do anything specifically for our refugees everything we do is for everybody there's no you can't come because you're not a refugee every course that we offer whether it be sewing or cooking or whatever is for everybody now last I saw you needed to raise about 900,000 bucks and you've raised about a million dollars we're not having um, a great deal of success with that at the moment Um, so there's a few things in the pipeline you're listening to postcards from the bush with Robin McConkie provide food probably for about 35 families in need every week and that is a huge amount of food that comes in it basically takes me probably four hours to put that food together in the parcels where do you get Um, the food from so the food is donated to us 
basically goes towards having a breakfast club. But through COVID, what we decided to do was actually put it towards vegetables because obviously we weren't really having the families at school. So we started off buying fruit and veggies that is paid for through this grant and they provide us with eggs and bread and all sorts of different things. We have food given to us by Oz Harvest, which is you know a food res- rescue place. We also have food given to us by a organisation that run a nighttime place to go for people who are homeless, whatever's left over and that. So that all that food is donated by a bakery in town, Theo's Bakery. So what, you're providing food for yes, sort of 35 yeah. families, but yes. you've got a lot of other projects. Yeah, we do. So we run um, gardening projects. We're about to have Louise Noble from the Mulberry Project come and actually start a gar- gardening program here at school. Community garden? It is basically like a community garden, but she actually runs certificates in horticulture. Mm-hmm. And the beauty of that is for a lot of those people, they will be migrants. And they'll fit into the English classes, so they'll come and they'll get English and they'll they will learn how to plant from the beginning right through to the sales of, of their you know, yeah. produce and whatnot. So that's really fabulous. Had a lot of grants from different organisations, mm-hmm. so we've got some great gardens already. Um, that's another thing that we do. I saw a Facebook post where you were actually working with the fathers. Yes. Talking yes. to how to relate to your yes. sons yes. or your daughters. So it's really important because, you know, a lot of cultures um, are very different to our culture. They don't interact with their children like we do and I mean not all Australian families interact terribly well as well so it's it's a great opportunity for us to do both but it is very important for parents to play a very active role in a child's life and it doesn't always come naturally a lot of people are very busy they're working they're studying you know they they don't always find the time for their children so it's very appropriate for us to remind people the importance to a child Ricky, you have huge vision for supporting the migrant and, and refugee community in Toowoomba and other families. But how do you garner the support from the community? Because you sound like you're doing an awful lot of work. Oh, we're very heavily supported. Um, I mean, my role is a very, very busy role. I've got a very supportive school staff around me, which mm. is fantastic. Some of the big, the bigger organisations in town, the St Vincent's Lifeline, Drug Army. Council? Oh, definitely the council, yeah. They've been very good to us as well. Corporate business? Uh, we have a, a little bit of corporate business, not a great deal. We have a lot of support from our organisations such as Zonta, Quota, you know, different organisations like that. The Men's Shed, they do an awful lot for us. Do it because doing doing well by doing good or do they get something out of it? Oh, look, I think I think it's a bit of both. They definitely get something out of it because they get such great positive yeah. feedback. Yeah. What about the trust with the community? I mean, how, the community that you are asking to come along, they have to come to school, but they don't have to come to the hub. How do you build trust with the family? I, I think really because of the history that we've had and and the things that we've actually provided. You know, we help people if they're struggling um, to find accommodation. We help people who are, you know, can't read a court order. We help people apply for citizenship. You know, it's not necessarily that I help them apply for it, but I put them in play. So people tend to... There's a great deal of trust that is built, Mm. and that's really what's so important. People don't have that. And the thing that's really important about this hub, it will be... it will be there to be utilised by anyone. It's not just a school hub. It is a community hub. So, um, you know, if the police department want to run something, they'll come and they'll use the hub. And if it's a community thing that's being used like that, the hub will be there for people to use for free. 
You know, it's but it's so it's much more than just a hall. Oh, definitely. We're going to have a men's shed. We're going to have a commercial kitchen where we've already got organisations that are running certificates in different programs. They're wanting to come on board to run hospitality courses within our hub. Um, we've got organisations that want to um, counsel with their their clients. They want to be able to come to the school, have a room for the day, and actually spend the day counselling people. You know, it might be um, domestic violence or it might be people who are having mental illness issues. You know, they they will come and they will have someone to talk to. Um, Ricky, how do you avoid burnout? Um, (laughs) Not sure. (laughs) Look, I think it's really important to have people to talk to. Probably the beauty of me knowing all of these people from the community is I, I do have some absolutely fantastic people out there who are always checking with me to, to look out. But, you know, as I said, we've got a very su- supportive school and um, they're always looking out for me. So, Can you think of one thing, a little story that you could tell me about what you've achieved? It's a story that sort of in your mind crystallises w- w- what you're trying to achieve in this, but in reality... I've got a couple of stories, but one story I'll tell you. Um, it's a mother that has, ca- came to um, Toowoomba. Um, her husband was quite ill. Um, he was an older gentleman. He actually had to be put into a home. And I remember one afternoon, she's sitting on a little seat. I'd never seen her before. I just stopped and said hello to her, walked on, came back. She's still sitting there. And she proceeded to tell me a very sad story about what her life was, you know, what, what stage she was at in her life. And... Within about 20 minutes, she'd come down to my room. I had her in English classes. I had her in sewing classes. She joined the parenting group. She basically had something four out of the five days. And she has been such a tremendous support back to the school. And it's it's really uplifting when um, you have a person that has been in a really difficult spot and has gone through now. She's, she's one of the supervisors in the sewing courses. She donates food to the school every week that is passed on to other more needy families. That's a really good story. It, it's really the empowering of a person. It's knowing that a, a child can go home and start to speak some English to their parent at home because children learn in English while they're here and they have fun in English. They want to go home and speak English. But when the mother can't speak it, she can't speak it at home. She's isolated at home because often dad's speaking in English because he's at uni or whatever. She She's isolated outside of the home. So for her to actually be able to have a conversation with her child at home and say, how was your day? You know, it's pretty special, really. And that's something that you and I might think, oh, that's not so great. But in their life, it's huge. I, I think we have positively uplifted many families and it's a it's a really lovely it's a beautiful job i'd nearly do it for free but <laughs> the wonderful ricky adams parent engagement officer at darling heights state school in toowoomba you've been listening to postcards from the bush with robin mcconkey subscribe on your favorite podcast app and leave me a review music was composed and presented by luke Aidney. Mm-hmm.